Welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, we have a heck of a show to talk about today. This is the best NXT in months. This is an awesome show, uh, primarily because there were two excellent wrestling matches two matches that honestly will contend for a spot on our year-end list the yep. top 123 of 2020 uh, 2023 buddy these were two excellent matches to bookend this episode of nxt but it was entertaining throughout yeah it really was all right so like we've talked about this before and i gotta you know we're gonna keep bringing it up because we're all about hyping up the nxt trade because honestly nxt for what it is is putting on some pretty good stuff right now. Um, and, and and that's I'm loving this format of having two matches to bookend the show. And then a bunch of, for lack of a better term, fluff in the middle. But all this fluff, I'm using air quotes, progresses so many storylines. And what NXT has done so well is, is give everybody on the roster up and down, whether you're, you know, on level up, whether you're known to be in developmental, whatever you're honestly given something to do on Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m., and I love that. Absolutely. If you count the amount of characters who were in the backstage bedlam thing to start the show, like in, in the uh, absolute chaos and anarchy that kicked off NXT, we saw like 50 characters on this episode that's kind of yep. cheating but still like you know yeah and everyone everyone we did see did get some time there's even like valentina Ferroz, her character's progressing you know like yeah, yeah i agree nxt's nxt's in a good place right now it really is it really is i'm really enjoying nxt i've been covering it for slam you can watch the read the reports or at slamwrestling.net and uh, again though it just these reports take so long to write because there's just so much going on in the two hours right a lot of uh quick match i love the quick matches that's an that's one paragraph down you know but then you have the opener and the main event and just so, so much is going on, right? Uh, so that's that. So we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to talk some level up, no main event. Uh, and uh, But before all that, Matthew, number one, you look like you're a contestant on Hell's Kitchen. And I mean that in the most awesome way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I'm, a, I'm a big bandana guy right now. Blue shirt, blue bandana. Yeah. It's awesome. You're matching. <laughs> I am, yes. Well, it's important, uh, you, you know, to look good while I stay home all day. No, yeah, I got a day off. I'm just going to catch up on some uh, some things I need to do uh, j just around the house and in general. Nice. Last patron standing, make sure all the X's are crossed, all the, all the T's are dotted and the I's are... Uh, flourishing i'd have no idea what i'm talking about anymore but yeah man no I, life is good got a day off going to enjoy it uh what are you up to buddy how's how's things how's the big homie uh good busy uh let's see this week it's only wednesday morning i have yes. already worked almost 40 hours <laughs> oh my god so y'all yeah. you put a full weekend holy yeah. shit it's crazy it's honestly insane how busy it's been um and i work sunday i count like some of the work i did on sunday some of the work i've already done today uh this morning gonna say, uh, it's, you... it's just been crazy man it's honestly been crazy but it's been like two 16 hour days yesterday was a little longer uh but it's just it's been crazy just because of like what i talked about on bam um but that's why I'm like just so grateful to have something like um 
NXT and wrestling in general to watch just to get my mind off of stuff, right? And that's why, like, sometimes I get very, I don't even know, like, upset when all this negativity starts throwing its way into the world of professional wrestling, you know, when, 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 thankfully, no one on the SNME board, but when, when wrestling fans turn wrestling fans, right? Like, it's just like, it's, 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 it's like, whoa, it's a lot sometimes because it's like, I'm just trying to have fun, trying to have fun. Trying to talk about the shows, trying to do whatever. Um, you know, I don't need I don't need that negativity uh, in my life. Uh, but uh, no, man, I'm honestly doing really well. Can't wait for for the next few days because uh, this weekend. If you're looking for me this weekend, don't. <laughs> like I'm okay. I'm disconnecting. Nice, nice. The unplug. Well, man, it, you've earned the unplug. I was I was gonna say there have there's barely been forty hours in this week already. How does that even make sense? But if you're I, counting Sunday, it it's does. actually let me let me do let me do the quick math. So I have officially <laughs> put thirty three hours. That's still wild, man. That, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's like a, yeah, that's like a good week for me at my job <laughs> yeah I, uh, yeah an average week i suppose a good week is like 40 but yeah uh man just take some time for yourself boris and uh, thankfully uh papa papa hbk gave us a nice uh, a nice dose of nxt a good show to watch here and talk about he's more and, step uh, papa hbk yeah a stepfather sean stepfather sean i love it you know the guy who sneaks uh, in the guy who sneaks in at (laughs) night bangs your mom and leaves before you wake up but you see his shadow in the morning as you're getting water going to the bathroom i don't know if i put it exactly like that but i see see what you're driving at buddy the heartbreak man sean michaels (laughs) the heartbreak daddy (laughs) <laughs> exactly oh that i'm loving that i'm loving the waller stuff uh but that's that's cool and i you know i think it is it is leading leaning towards the whole dragon lee being the champion of Shawn michaels so i can't wait to see that oh interesting dragon lee being the champion i was i was thinking they're gonna bring back spanky brian kendrick champion of the people Oh, I, I love especially that. Kyrie irving no never mind let's just get off this track do you want to talk about level up Let's or do you want to talk about? about uh, do you want to talk about Brian Kendrick's political views? Uh, Brian Kendrick's political views, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> While we and then you know, let's talk some religion, some politics. Then we'll close with a tight forty-five on Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be an excellent okay. podcast. But you know what? <laughs> okay, so before we do get started, like to think. <laughs> That there are people in this world who literally, that is their podcast. Oh, man. I know. I know. And, and, and sadly, if we did that, we would uh, honestly get more notoriety, more listeners, probably. But who like who wants to put that into the world? <laughs> I've had this idea for a podcast. But the issue is it's similar to, like, you know, how Colbert was. Huh? <laughs> Your idea for a podcast was Kanye talk? Sorry, Dave. Well, kind of like, okay, so get this. Before we get started, level up. So, you know how (laughs) Stephen Colbert, when he started, he had the Stephen Colbert show, and he kind of played a character, like a right wing leaning character. And sometimes his guests weren't in on the joke because they just, whoo, just went above them. Right? So, this was kind of like my idea around that time. Uh, and this was like when the Joe, like, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, like the um, the Joe Rogans of the world were really starting to become popular. Right. When Ed Hardy shirts were like the thing. Um, and it was to create a podcast where I would 
be a character, would never use my real name or anything, and it would kind of be like this this bro dude, essentially making fun of like you know the Joe Rogans and those types of podcasts, the Andrew Tates, the Joe Rogans of the world. I think it'd still work, man. You leave that, but it would be completely burner. satirical, right? Like it would not no. be serious at all. It would be like the most outlandish, crazy stuff, and the guests wouldn't know exactly if they're in it or not um it's something i wanted to do years ago but uh my fear at that time obviously was people finding out and then you know the shit storm that would happen from that yeah absolutely and that's the thing like it's best to just avoid it and not say things like for example andrew tate is a piece of shit in the inside of his heart and i hope he dies in prison you should probably just not say stuff like that and just do your podcast about wrestling exactly so let's talk <laughs> about some wrestling let's talk about some nxt level up Yes, sir. So I'm not going to go like deep into the star ratings or anything. I tend to watch Level Up and Main Event in the background while I'm eating breakfast, kind of doing chores and stuff. But it's just a fun wrestling watch. And this was a good episode of Level Up because we saw Axiom and Sol Ruka. So let's get into the opener. It was Axiom versus Kale Dixon. Boris Kale Dixon. Ironically, Kale is, Dixon is he, reminds is, me. Is, is he um, related to Romaine Dixon? <laughs> No, Iceberg actually, Arug Aruglia Dixon. They, they are brothers. <laughs> Cousin of Iceberg Dixon. Oh, my God. <laughs> terrible. Just, just terrible. But, yeah, no, so Kale Dixon, actually, ironically, he reminds me of Duke Hudson. It's weird because they're both kind of tall stiffs and they have the same name but backwards almost. <laughs> Very similar names. But, uh, yeah, you, Kale Dixon has some potential. If he keeps with it, he could he could be something pretty all right. Axiom is is special in the wrestling ring, and he got a decent match out of this uh, tall rookie, Kale Dixon. Axiom wins with the golden ratio. Good stuff. Man, I love Axiom, honestly. Like, I am shocked at how well Axiom is being portrayed, how well A-Kid is actually portraying the character, how... Yes. The, how much of a push he's getting, how much attention he's getting, how much TV time he's getting. Like, I'm shocked. I'm all around shocked and pleasantly surprised. 100% agree, man. You say it every week, but you should say it every week because it continues to blow my mind. They do a good job with this Axiom fella. Yep, and, and you can see the intensity in his eyes each and every week. Yes. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, So the next match, we had Saul Ruka on this year level up episode versus Lola Vice former MMA fighter Valerie Lureda. So this was a fun match. Uh there's a there's a gif going around the internet. Lola Vice uh has a move which she calls the Miami Heat. It's standing booty based offense. Boris the the old hip attack as it's known. But uh so yeah, this is uh, this is a very entertaining match and they're really putting over Saul Ruka's athleticism on commentary and her finisher. She hits the soul snatcher and the announcers lose their mind and they talk about how it's going viral and they compare it to Randy Orton. They said it was a soul snatcher out of nowhere. Lola Vice didn't see it coming. The whole match is based around this one spot, but they did a good job. And the way Lola has uh, immediate presence, she's wrestled like three matches on TV and you can already tell she's got something. She's obviously athletic. She was a real MMA fighter. I think Lola Vice could be pretty good at this pro wrestling thing. The way she walked in to the, uh, to the old soul snatcher. I'm sure they practiced it a thousand times, 
but still it looked it looked perfect it looked absolutely beautiful she like stumbled into it not like instead of just turning to your left 90 degrees she she did a 270 degrees dramatic turn the other way to perfectly land into the move and it was just like oh man that's uh, she's not just an idiot in there she's not just stumbling she's like perfectly setting herself into position while selling like you can tell she's got some potential i again i'm sure they practiced that spot a thousand times but it really impressed me so good job lola vice and saul ruka in this match as well for research reasons i am uh, doing a thorough image research of uh, lola vice right now <laughs> and jiff and uh whatnot yes, um, valerie Laradius, of course well if you, if you've got to know what you're talking about on the podcast you see it's, it's for research come on it's for research everything is for research around here um no but seriously speaking um i like i i've, I've saw clips already of, of her in ring uh the people post clips of the house shows and stuff um but there's one picture that i'm looking at right now and you know she just she's got something in terms of you know how we always talk about the facial reactions and this and that so i'm assuming this is during her pose during her entrance but she's got that jennifer lopez like just bitch face <laughs> you said it man she definitely has like a charisma and it no I, I mean i mean that like in the in the present in the like, best way like intensity exactly. not yeah you know whatever but yeah good for her i'm gonna no, absolutely. save that yeah. for research later <laughs> Oh, Jesus H. Also, I don't know if you guys could hear, but my cat just stormed into my room and is losing his mind, just meowing. I don't know what you want, little buddy. Anyway, um, so the main event of this match, a tag team match. It was Miles Bourne and Tavion Heights versus Tank Ledger and Damon Kemp. Sorry, I think it was Miles Bourne. No, yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. So anyway, tag team match. Miles Bourne uh, is the the deaf wrestler. They actually cut a promo backstage, and that was pretty cool to see Miles Bourne cutting a promo. Uh, Damon Kemp was mostly the focus of this match. He was put over as the big star. He wins this match with like his new finisher, which is a rock bottom into a neck breaker. Yep. So he starts a guy into a rock bottom, throws him up into the air, goes behind him, catches him in a neck breaker. Pretty slick little move here. So yeah, Damon Kemp standing tall. Tag team made event with tank ledger no sorry yeah it, it was damon kemp and tavion heights was the tag team so i don't know if that's going to be damon kemp's long-term tag team partner you'd think if gable stevenson's coming in it's going to be with damon kemp as a team in some capacity right you know what at this point you just really don't know what the plan is for gable stevenson absolutely have no idea i don't even know i don't even know if he's coming into wrestling you'd think he'd already be there who, who knows though well, well we, considering we they put him on like you know the kurt angle track right like and by that i mean like intense uh uh training regime right but and then obviously we we heard reports that he wasn't progressing as much i think the last time we saw him was what like crown jewel yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. I forget, actually. But yeah, he shows up every now and then, every few months. I don't know. I'd like to see what they're going to do with him. Yeah, but exactly. For now, yeah, for now, Damon Kemp, the the little brother's killing it. Or is he big brother, actually? I think he I might know. be big brother. I have no idea, actually. I hope he's little brother. I like when the little brothers excel, like Owen Hart. Uh, I can't think of other. My, myself. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two most famous examples in the history of the world, I think. Owen Hart and Boris. Exactly. All right. No, that sounds like a pretty good episode of Level Up. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you get Saul Ruka and Axiom on it, it's a half an hour of wrestling watching. It's probably worth your time, you know?
Very cool. All right, let's jump to NXT because this was a very fun show. Uh, possibly one person delivering a career-defining promo, uh, some pretty damn good wrestling. All in all, a very fun show. But let's kick things off with a little piece of business. That is, we are done with star ratings. We love to rate each match, though. And we like to use a rating system, the jaw, something that represents the evening We'd like to have fun with this because that's what we're all about here on NXT Talk Fun. Uh, so, Matt, what are you thinking for this week? Uh, well, we're celebrating Saul on this episode. Are I feel we? like Saul Ruka. Yeah, Saul Ruka's just breaking out over and yes. over and over. Well, I don't know what you're doing on this episode. You're celebrating Lola Vice. But <laughs> <laughs> all hail. <laughs> But yes, uh, so here on NXT Talk this week, we're going to do generic surfer terms or even Ninja Turtle terms, Kawabungas, uh, Alohas, Out of Five, etc. Boris rocking a Ninja Turtle tee right now. Yeah, man. It is funny because when I brought up Ninja Turtles, I forgot I was even wearing this t-shirt. <laughs> I didn't even notice until you just yeah, popped it up like Kobe Bryant. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's start things off. The show starts off with a frenzy as the NXT roster was brawling on the in the highway in the hallway. Uh, Wesley was in the ring uh, for his open challenge and everyone was brawling to get to the ring to accept the challenge. Dabakato took down Enofian Blade on the ramp. Apollo Crews hits Kato with an axe handle stop him from accepting and then it was none other than a returning Nathan Fraser who leapfrogs past Cruz and Kato jumps on the apron accepts the challenge um yeah that was that so question for you what did you think of this start I like it I I guess like it should always happen in wrestling right with it with an open challenge like there should be guys racing to see who gets it so it kind of, if you really think about it, makes the makes less sense that it would happen at the start of the show than it would at any other time. Like, if anything, this should happen in the middle of the show. Like, Shawn Michaels should have control over his show to start it yeah, but at the very least. Michaels is too business worrying about Waller right now. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. No, I just, I, just I a know. dumb little note. I, I actually, I, I, I really like this a lot. Start in the action. As soon as you flip on NXT, it's like, oh, what's going on here? And then immediately we get a big return and an awesome wrestling match. So yeah, a couple minute, quick little segment to grab your attention, setting up a great match. Nothing wrong with this at all. It's setting up an excellent match as Wesley yes. went up against Nathan Frazier for the NXT North American Championship. Oh, this was amazing. I honestly forgot how good Nathan Frazier was. He's so good. Yeah, they they really pushed his Seth Rollins connection. Seth Rollins trained this yes. guy, Nathan Frazier. He is a uh, he's a super athletic kid if you don't know him or for, have forgotten the works of Nathan Frazier. I think he was was he Ben Collins? What was his name in the indies? It was Ben something. And there was a big controversy because he was all set to go to AEW and he went to WWE at the time when that was seen to be like this horrible thing and you're ruining your career. But it turned out pretty well for Nathan Frazier. He's he's basically, he hasn't interacted with Seth Rollins much yet, but he's seen as Seth Rollins' protege and he's having banger after banger on NXT TV. So I think uh, Nathan Frazier, interesting prospect, super athletic kid, soccer player, football star in the uh, in Europe and uh, yeah, man, I wish uh, I wish him all the best. I'm glad to see him back. Agreed. Everything you said is great. So you know what this really reminds me of? Remember in the early days of NXT UK and your boy JD McDonough, uh, how they would 
constantly push him as you know the protege of Finn Balor. Yeah, good call. And uh, I don't know. I'm glad that they kept Finn and uh, JD apart, but I actually want to see Nathan Frazier and Seth kind of interact. Seth's character on the main roster is a tire fire. I hate it. I love Seth Rollins. He's incredibly talented. He's a really good wrestler and a really good babyface. Just this character that they have him in is awful. It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So uh, maybe just being a normal human being with a friend who he trained and Nathan Frazier would help him. You know, it would, he would go a long way to bring in this Nathan Frazier to the fold. Maybe. Maybe. Um, all right. So this was a fantastic match. Really, you know, what I really enjoyed about this match is, okay, this is Nathan Frazier's return. Big match to start. Yes, he gets the L, but they still do a great job of putting him over, making him look strong, while also making the champion look strong. This is a perfect example of, you know, and I hate when people start saying stuff like, oh, they're burying Nathan Frazier. No, stop it. It is possible no. for two people to elevate themselves um, after a match, even after somebody loses. It's sports, and wrestlers wrestle a lot, so it's not as bad as a football team even losing a game or a UFC fighter losing a fight. It's ring rest, right? So it's, it, I don't know, it's akin to uh, when LeBron James comes back with his first game uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers, he might not have fucking 50 points. You know what I mean? He's going to probably stumble a little bit. That's fine. They can tell the story of ring rust if they wanted to, and they don't even have to do that because it was an amazing competitive match. That's all it needs to be. And they did. They did tell that story. They said this is Vic Joseph noted that this is the first match since October. Um, and he noted that this is actually his first match since the last time he went up against Wesley. Um, Frazier hits Lee with a moonsault into a modified jackhammer. This was similar to Axiom's DDT salt. Uh, Lee shoved Frazier off the ropes who landed on his feet. Frazier hit Lee with a superplex into a final cut. And this is when they really talk about, um, you know, Vic Joseph said that this is a modified version of Seth Rollins' signature suplex. Uh, Lee kicked out at two for a near fall. Frazier dropkicked Lee off the apron. Frazier crashed into the announce table when he went for a long-distance plancha. Lee hit Frazier with a flip dive. They both get back into the ring. Lee hits Frazier with a cardiac kick uh, for the win in 10 minutes, 14 seconds of on-air time. Uh, and that uh, was that. Very good match. Very fun match. Welcome back, Nathan Frazier and I, I, Wesley, future NXT champ. I hope so, man. I think that would be a good use of Wesley. He has excellent matches with everyone, no matter how big or small they are, no matter how many years they've been in the ring. And when you get a veteran who compliments his style, like Nathan Frazier, boy, howdy. This was great. It's something special, man. This was excellent. Go out of your way to, to watch this match. All right, so we've been talking about the NXT crowd, and this NXT crowd was much better. And the, you yes. knew that it was going to be a good crowd because after this match, as both the men shake hands in respect, the crowd starts chanting both these guys at them. Absolutely, yeah. It was a respectful crowd, a loud crowd. It was a good NXT crowd. Uh, last week's was a disaster. Last week's, I hated it. It reminded me of 2.0. kind of ruined the show last week. But they, they were on their best behavior this week. So, yeah, man, great wrestling match. I was shocked at uh, Nathan Frazier's comeback. I, I was so glad that they put him in here with Wesley, and these guys went all out to remind you just who they were. So uh, something special. It's getting the full A. It's going to contend for a spot on the year-end list. 
we're going four and a quarter belly boards boris this year glossary of surfing terms that i loaded up belly board a body board a small board used to ride waves in a prone position yep. four and a quarter belly boards out of five it's a solid a in canada great job fellas god dang yep kind of like the trading wheels of surfing yes all right after the match we see a jd mcdonough promo package airing he tells us the ins and the outs of a retinal injury uh we get visual aids and graphics jd talks about how he's coming after Ilya dragonoff he said Ilya has the highest pain tolerance of anyone he's ever fought but he said he's gonna break his will and send him home permanently uh, jd mcdonough he's creepy he's a anatomy guy i guess yeah I, I, this was a good one this you know the jd mcdonough promo but this was a good version of it all right Let's talk about what match they're writing in the house show loop between JD and Ilya. No, not between JD and Ilya, between JD? JD and Andre Chase. Yeah. They did it a couple times, apparently, on the house show loop. And I think it might be coming to NXT TV. They have done JD McDonough versus Andre Chase in a blindfold match, Boris. Do you think we're getting that on TV next week? Or um, after Roadblock? I'm really hoping it's not with Ilya Dragunov. I think someone like an Andre Chase is perfect because one thing about the blindfold matches, I feel like you need a goofy character in that. A blindfold match would not work with two serious characters, right? Um, eh, like, yeah, no, it just wouldn't work. Like, can you imagine uh, Jake Roberts if he didn't face Rick Martel and he faced someone like, you know, Haku or someone? Yeah. <laughs> That's a hilarious, uh, a hilarious parallel. I kind of want to see it, though. I kind of want to <laughs> see this serious blindfold match. But no, I actually, at the end of the day, I think it was just a fun thing for the house show loop, just a fun thing for fans. Yeah. But it would, it would be, it would be cool to see the mean guy, the the actual blood feud blindfold match between Ilya and JD. But no, it's not going to happen. It was Andre Chase that he was doing. I it forgot yeah. anyway. All right, Josh Briggs was hyping up Brooks Jansen in the locker room. Brooks was all depressed. Boo-hoo. Briggs assumed Brooks broke up with Kiana. Brooks ensured Briggs that they were still together, but things are a bit off. Briggs said Brooks is just stupid, not as an insult, but because men are stupid, including Briggs. Briggs said that men just can't fully understand women. Briggs said that Brooks of six months ago would be hyped and happy uh, to see the Jensen of today. Brooks uh, pepped him up. Briggs and Jensen left for their match. <laughs> okay, so funny note. So they have a new t-shirt, this Express, and it's, 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 a, it's a circular symbol, and in the middle it says Briggs and Jensen, and on the outside it says Country Grit, right? But if you're just looking at it quick and you're just reading it top to bottom... It basically says Country Briggs Jensen Grit. So my question, Boris, we know we know why Briggs is Country Briggs. Dare I ask why Jensen is Jensen Grit? Should we just move on? I love how you're doing everything in your power to not just, just that. There you go. I'm so proud of this bit. I'm so happy right now. Uh, it actually made me laugh. Country Briggs Jensen Grit. It's just like, well, that's a good, good try on the T-shirt, but I think you need to go back to the drawing board on that one. Yep. We got a Tyler Bate hype video. Uh, various things. 
kind of like use a lot of the same lines from his promo from last week, really pushing the Zen bait character. Yes, Tyler Bate, Zen master and general yoga dude. Yep. All right. <laughs> the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling is, you know, okay, so she's with Hank Walker. In my notes, for some reason, I wrote it down as Hank Wanker. <laughs> oh, no. that's If he turns heel, that's that's a good chant. Hank Wanker. Especially, of course, if he goes to the UK. But yeah. I, I like this Hank Wanker. I don't think he's much of a wanker. He's more of a walker. All right. So, uh, Mackenzie's with Walker. Uh, they talk about being involved in the brawl at the beginning of the show. Mackenzie wondered if he was going after the title or Drew Gulak. Walker said that he wanted both. Axiom shows up, confronts Walker for kicking him in the face during the brawl. Uh, both men start shoving each other after Axiom said he wouldn't even be able to beat Lee. Uh, so what was the point? Referees, officials pull both men apart. Yeah, we saw Hank Walker uh, snap a little bit. Went into the old Ken Shamrock rage here, Boris. Maybe when he's when he's chill, he's Hank Walker. But when he gets into the rage, then he goes full Hank Wanker. <laughs> oh my God, we're starting this. We're starting the Hank Wanker movement. <laughs> oh no, let's not. Yeah, let's immediately. Uh, I, actually, I just love you and I are all much. about the wanking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> To a Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen match. Damn it. We can't get off the <laughs> Speaking subject. of wanks and wanking, Indusher, uh, Veer Mahan, and Sangha with Jinder Mahal versus Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Brooks Jensen wasn't okay after all. He was very distracted throughout the match. Anytime they, that uh, the Incel Express were getting the advantage, uh, they would focus on Brooks Jensen being all out of it and Veer and Mahan, or sorry, Veer and Sanga would come back, kick their ass. Sanga puts Jensen in a million-dollar dream. Jensen escapes. Briggs tags in, hits Sanga with a shoulder tackle. They set up for the finisher, but Jensen was off, kind of just, just being all distracted and being aloof. This allowed Sanga to slam Jensen. Veer tags in, hits Jensen with the million-dollar lariat uh, for the win. Indisher wins in only three minutes, 30 seconds. After the match, Jinder takes the mic, said that the Creed brothers have deprived the country of India of a new NXT champion. Jinder said that the Creeds overcome every obstacle in their life outside of Indisher. Jinder asked the Creeds if they're willing to finish this. Jinder said they've beaten the Creeds before, but at Roadblock, it would be 10 times worse. Um, they essentially set up a six-man match, but who is going to team up with the Creeds. We'll soon find out. Yes, dun-dun-dun, a, uh, a question that will indeed soon be answered. But yeah, this was a match. It was inoffensive, but ultimately not very good. shirt steamrolled these guys. It was pretty much a glorified squash. So uh, in terms of a rating, we're going to go two cleanup sets Boris out of five, a cleanup set, a set of powerful waves that clears the lineup, much like Indusure is cleaning out this tag team division. So, yeah, the, the promo after the match is okay. I like Jinder Mahal much more as the spokesperson of this team rather than the leader. I don't want him to be Triple H in Evolution or Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen. I want him to be the manager of this tag team. The fact that you even put Jinder Mahal. In the same sentence as Triple H's <laughs> evolution, and more importantly, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen, 
by God. Well, I'm saying I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. But yeah, no, it was, it was indeed a match. It was, it was there. Footage was shown of Mackenzie. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Footage was shown of the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, in the trainer's room, uh, setting up an interview with Nathan Frazier. The doctor was about to check on Frazier when Katana Chance runs in to tell the doctor to follow her uh, because something has happened to Wendy Chu. Uh, Mackenzie orders the camera to follow uh, Katana and the trainer. We are led to the most dangerous place in all of pro wrestling, the NXT parking lot, and we see Wendy Chu laid out holding her arm. Yes, so we've seen Nikita Lyons attacked, uh, torn ACL, I guess is the diagnosis, out for uh, up to a year. Wendy Chu now attacked, holding her elbow. I hope it's not a real injury for Wendy. Uh, but it appears she is going to be out for some time too, and there is an unknown assailant in the parking lot. Also, Boris, this reminds me, it's time to update the crimes spreadsheet on NXT. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Got to get that going. Uh, and I love the fact that you're actually doing it. All right. All right. I, I'll focus here. No more jokes for the next two seconds because this was awesome. Gigi Dolan makes her entrance to the Toxic Attraction theme. Gigi told the production people to cut the music because that's the last time you're going to hear the Toxic Attraction theme. Dolan talks about how this isn't the first time she's had her head kicked in by someone she trusted. She said JC will find out who Gigi Dolan truly is. Dolan said that JC is all about the superficial things like glitz, glamour, money. And Gigi even admitted that it was fun being the mean girl for a while. She said, for JC, it was a way for her to channel her insecurity. But for for herself, it was a way to channel her inner demons because she's just been happy to survive. Gigi said that she trusted JC with all of this information. And the last person that she trusted with this closely betrayed Gigi. And that was her own mother. She said that her mom used her as a punching bag and caused her to run away from home. Uh, she said she wanted to prove to her little brother that they can indeed escape the cycle of pain and made sure she made it into the WWE. She said she's been knocked down time and time again and have and has gotten up. Gigi told JC to bring everything she has because she's going to take every bit of pain, suffering, rage, and hammer the final nail in the coffin of toxic attraction. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. I loved this so much. I, it was way heavier than I was expecting, especially when she was getting into you know the trauma of her childhood and the abuse that she has suffered. But yeah, man, it was just so heartfelt, so good. And the entire time we've been saying we really like Gigi Dolan, but she's there's something off about her, and it feels like she's not comfortable in her character. So not only did they address that and make that part of the storyline, but they instantly changed her character. So now whatever it's going to be, it's going to evolve, hopefully, into something she's more comfortable with. I could see her being kind of like a babyface raven. I don't even know what that really looks like. Similar to Darby Allen, ironically, for a number of reasons, I think she could be NXT's Darby Allen character, a female take on the Darby Allen character. And the new page. She could be, she could be the new page is a way to look at it, yeah. I honestly uh, thought go, that goth this baby promo, face. Yeah, yeah, I honestly thought that this promo was leaning towards her changing her name back to Priscilla Kelly. Maybe, 
Maybe. Yeah, Gigi Dolan is kind of a fancy mean girl name. She she could change it, but I, I don't I don't dislike the name. She at chose all. it. It's 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 grown. Yeah, it's grown on me. At first I thought it was kind of weird, but it's grown on me. I yeah. don't mind it at all. This this promo was excellent and uh, part of the reason why we're saying that this was the best NXT in months and months and months. Probably the best moment of her career. I can't wait to see more. It made me really want to see this match, which is kind of crazy. But between uh, the, the disgusting curb stomp, the shoot boot into a door, and this promo, there's some hatred going on here. And I want to see these two characters wrestle in a wrestling ring. This is what it's all about, man. So home run. 500 foot home run excellent job by Gigi Dolan yep agreed 100% absolutely love this it was so freaking good do you want to take this chase you skit while I uh deal with one small little thing yes absolutely so yeah uh, there is a chase you promo um Duke Hudson apologizing to Thea Hall uh Thea Hale sorry which I think it was necessary due to the whole like weird vibes of the stuff last week. Uh, Duke Hudson does apologize to Thea Hale for basically yelling at her for being kidnapped. But he says he means what he said about Chase U. They shouldn't coddle her. But then it gets spooky, Boris. The the lights go off and we get the horror show and the schism hacks into Chase University. And I was I'm a little worried now because the schism, are they getting spooky again, Boris? They went right back to everything uh, I hated about them. They were getting so cool. They were getting just, a lot of TV time. They were being used well. And then all of a sudden, you do the 360 and we're back to where we started. They just had to remind us that, that Joe Gacy has spooky powers. Don't forget, we made this guy spooky. So it just sucks. Like, we don't need spooky characters in wrestling. If you're going to have one Bray Wyatt, that's cool. You don't need a Bray Wyatt on SmackDown and a Raw and on NXT and three on Main Event and five on NXT Europe. Like, we're good. We're good with spookiness. And we all we already have Mama Shango. Isla Dawn, who's doing a great job being spooky. So now there are two characters on NXT, two groups who are spooky. Again, ah, just stop with the hocus pocus, with the schism, please. Just let them be anarchists. Let them be normal human beings. Rebels without a cause is fine. Just, ah, they don't have to be wizards. Stop making them wizards, please. Make them fight club. Make them, make them fight club anarchists, right? Like, that's all we need from them. Anyways, all we the need. schism threatens to burn down Chase U. Uh, Duke Hudson wants to ask a question when we get back to normal programming. Andre Chase cuts him off. Uh, he gives a Bobby Knight curse-filled promo, and he essentially says that next week he's going to kick the schism's ass. It is funny. He is Bobby Knight. Uh, old Andre Chase. Yeah, this, right. this was a miss, though, because I like I, I like uh, Chase University. Duke Hudson did well in this promo, but it was a miss because the spookiness is back. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. All right. DiJack notes that Tony D'Angelo, A.O., is public enemy number one for costing him the North American Championship not once, but twice. He said he's going to beat up Tony and show that he's, uh, he's a street rat who doesn't know how to dish out high justice. He said he's going to lock Tony down for good. Dijak closed a jail cell. Because you see. It is a 
a jailhouse match, Boris. No, I just wanted the, the next promo, like, smash cut to uh, to Stax Lorenzo just slowly walking up the street, doing the whole Disney Aladdin. Riff raff, street <laughs> rat, I don't buy that. <laughs> Only they look closer. I would have paid so much money to see that. Oh my! Just God. sad boy stacks, just crying up the alley. Oh, no, but this was all right. So the jailhouse match, it is an ambulance match. First one to throw their opponent inside a, a jail cell and lock the door wins. So cool. Let's do it. But it's not a spend the night in jail match. No, I know. I wanted the Mountie and Boss Man stipulation. That's How way better. How many times have we been preaching that on this show? <laughs> it's way better. Way better. But oh well, it'll be a decent match. I, I'm a sucker for a for a plunder-filled match, an ambulance match, etc. Shane McMahon versus Kane ambulance match. One of my guilty pleasure wrestling matches. All right. Roxanne Perez joins Vic and Booker at ringside because it's time for Miko Setamori. Miko Setamora. Versus Zoe Stark. Another excellent match. But honestly, you can't even be shocked that this match was good. No, absolutely not. Good, good match. Miko Satamura versus Zoe Stark. It wasn't like a takeover quality match like the two, like the opener and the main event were, but still an excellent match. It would have been the best match on most NXTs. Uh, and just look at the two people in the ring. Obviously so, as you said. What I really liked about this match was that this was a way to kind of showcase that Miko Setamora, yeah, she's the face, but she knows wrestling, and she's going to take advantage of you if she can, and that's exactly what she did to Zoe Stark because she she basically aimed all of her offense at Zoe Stark's injured leg. She stretched her. She hit her leg. She did everything she could to put her down. It was really, 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 really well done. Love the storytelling in this match. We saw a uh, intensity out of Miko Satamora that we usually don't see uh, nowadays, but it was done really well. Miko hit Stark with Uranagi for a two-count. Uh, Stark tries to come back. She gets a few thrust kicks and a baseball slide for a two count of her own. Miko rolls away from Stark's 450 uh, and then hits Stark with a heavy Death Valley driver and hits Stark with a Scorpion Rising for the win in 11 minutes, 29 seconds. Uh, yet again, just what what can we say about Miko Setamore? She has great matches with everybody, right? So if you put her in there with Zoe Stark, if she's if she's getting a good match out of the youngest version of Roxanne Perez and like Gigi Dolan and JC Jane and whoever you throw her in there, obviously she's gonna have a good match with Zoe Stark. Good stuff. Uh, Roxanne was on commentary. She definitely needs to work on her promos, but she wasn't embarrassing herself out there or anything. But she is not. She is not bombastic. She is. I think I think she's always going to be a Ricky Steamboat type. We've compared her to to Ricky Steamboat, the female Ricky Steamboat. But yeah, it's she she needs some work on the old uh, promo front. Anyway, great match here. Uh, I, we're we're gonna go three and three quarter decks out of five for this. The top of the surfboard. Both That's great. I like that. Okay, so you know what I want to see from Miko Satamore after this match? What's that? Turn her into the murder grandmother. <laughs> I love it. Murder grandma. I was just saying, if there's any way we could build to a Miko versus Asuka match, I would pay $100 to see it. I'd throw down my own money right now to see it. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know how you get there. We I, we could do a fantasy booking podcast and get there, but I, I hope one day they could cross paths in this WWE. Yep, but yeah, murder grandma. I honestly think I that's where they need to go it. with this. I love it. Turner heel. Let's go.
Yep, 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 yep. All right. Uh, Roxanne Perez gets into the ring. The two kind of just uh, glance lovingly into each other's eyes before next week's match. All right, Vix Joseph uh, sends the show to a replay of last week's end of the show where Grayson Waller hijacked the production truck and he called out the heartbreak man, Shawn Michaels. Vic then aired a tweet where Shawn Michaels accepted Waller's invitation to the Waller effect. You know what I loved about this? The fact that they're keeping Michaels off of TV until next week. Yes, I actually was surprised at that choice that they had the patience to do that, but I thought it was very smart. Good call. Yep. All right. The hardest working reporter is at it again because this time she's in front of the uh, the front of the doctor's office door. Tiffany Stratton shows up and notes that the number one piece of advice is to avoid the NXT parking lot. Katana Chance and Kane Carter show up to point out that Stratton uh, might have a motive to attack Wendy Chu due to them having a feud. Katana Chance challenged Tiffany Stratton to a match later. All right. I'm almost convinced that it's Chance and Carter beating everyone up. It might be. They have been leaning heel and then not going heel. That could be a good way to actually finally just turn them. Yep. You know what? You know who I think it might be? I, and I'm not I'm not sure because she doesn't ever have to come back to wrestling. She's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a, a month. Mandy Rose, baby. What if this is a way to get Mandy Rose back into the fold? Dude, the sky's the limit, right? Like, that's the thing. Does WWE even know who this is right now? Probably not. Maybe not. But, yeah, see, if I'm them, I if I'm WWE, I'm just, I have, like, a, a plan B in mind who it will be if we can't re-sign Mandy Rose in the next 365 days. You have basically until Nikita Lyons is healed to re-sign Mandy Rose. That's what I want to see. And then Mandy versus Nikita. That's that's a natural feud for a number of reasons, I feel like. And and honestly, Mandy Rose has become such a good wrestler, though she would be rusty with a year off. I think she could help Nikita Lyons because she is that good at wrestling now, honestly. I think she she has that much to offer. Yep, agreed. Love where your head's at on that one. All right, Sol Rooka makes her entrance for the next match. Um, I love that Zoe Stark and Sol kind of glanced at each other when they passed by each other. That was really, really well done. Yeah, and then Zoe's look afterwards, like, she didn't dismiss her, but she was, like, kind of like, ha, you lost, idiot. And yeah. it just kept mosey into the ring. I, I really like that. Sol Ruka's got, she's, she gets it. She's got that nuance, you know, like, just, just with a quick a quick little look, she knows she's on TV, and that's all you need for television acting is, like, it's all with your eyes and your face, right? So, love that. Yeah, and I love the fact that in NXT especially, like, the faces, yeah, they're faces, but they're not necessarily stupid faces, right? They're like human beings. The issue that I have with the main roster faces is that, you know, they still treat them like it's the 80s. Yeah, they're complete cartoon characters. Well put, yeah. Brutus and Julius Creed were in the hallway discussing who they should pick to team up with against Indusher. They walk, run into Damon Kemp. Julia said that Kemp is a bad man, but it might take someone who's calculated, sly, remorseless to face Indusher. Uh, Kemp seems hyped. He seems like he wants to accept. He seems like he's gloating that the Creeds need him. Um, Kemp then asks, are they putting the band back together? Then he starts laughing at Julius Creed. Um, you know, then Braun Breaker shows up, said he's willing to team with the Creeds for having his back last week. Brutus was excited. Julius acted pissed uh, because Braun didn't show up a minute 
earlier, and he embarrassed himself in front of Kemp. Uh, Julius then quickly turned around, and all three men did Rick Steiner barks. <laughs> Weird promo, but uh, they won me back over when they were all barking like absolute maniacs. Yep. It was so weird. You know what it was? You know, these are three bro dudes just being bro dudes. It's like, yeah, ah, I'll take it. I, yeah. I fucked with you because I made you go to someone you hate first. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but okay, I'll take it. It, it was entertaining. Yep. Uh, Electra Lopez comes into the ring with Valentina Feroz as we set up for the next match, which was Sol Ruka. Versus Electra Lopez with Valentina Furrows. Again, I really enjoy this match in the sense of it, it wasn't the best in-ring, but it progressed the story forward. Uh, so Electra Lopez wanted to cheat. She goes to the corner. Where are her brass knuckles? They're not there. Um, Furrows had already taken them away. While Lopez was distracted, asking Valentina for the next back, Ruka hits Lopez with the soul snatcher for the win in four minutes. 56 seconds after the match, Lopez gets in the face of Feroz, starts shoving Feroz, and Feroz punches Lopez with the brass knuckles, leaving her lying in the ring as she walks away. Yeah, so there was a kind of scary spot in the middle here where uh, Electra Lopez just shoves poor Sol Ruka off the top rope and she eats shit. She comes up immediately selling her neck. I think it was the story of the match. Hopefully she's fine and she didn't sustain a real neck injury on that spot. Um, the storytelling was good. The match was not. <laughs> it was fine. It was indeed a match. It reminded me of uh, the uh, tag team match on the show, right? But yeah, anyway, this... It, what what can you say about Sol Ruka that we haven't already said, man? She's just so spectacular in the ring, and I just want to see more and more and more. We're going to go two foams out of five, Boris. The white water, the top of the wave. Sounds good. Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, they're hanging out, playing pool, drinking pints at the pub as two gallows boys would. Um, the audio was really weird on this one. At least for me it was. I don't know. Uh, we It was hard to hear what Mark was really saying. Um, at times because of like the audio mixing was really weird, but they're talking about their tag title matches in the UK. They call out Pretty Deadly. They kind of bring up the history and the fact that Pretty Deadly did in fact beat them. Uh, they call them ball bags. Uh, Mark continued to hype up Wolfgang, uh, who was eyeing up the perfect pool shot. Wolfgang ends up hitting his mark. Some random dude bumps into Wolfgang. And that was uh, the worst thing that he could have done because Wolfgang cracks a pint glass over the man's head and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then, yeah, just uh, Mark Coffey just sitting there nodding like, yes, horrible assault. That's what we needed. Add, yeah, that, no, to the, I, add that to the list. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we'll add that to the NXT crimes. Uh, okay. I do agree that the audio is maybe weird. Also, obviously, they have extremely thick Scottish accents. They might need subtitles on these Gallus Boy promos. But the the things that I understood were quite good in this promo. I thought it was I thought it was a good step for Gallus. They're they're seeming like a big deal. This the Scottish APA here. Yeah, that's exactly what they're turning them into. The Scottish yes. APA, I like that. All right, the hardest working reporter is with Mackenzie Mitchell. 
this time she's with Pretty Deadly's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, who were bragging. Wilson did a Bully Ray impersonation by saying, Wolfgang, get the pool tables. Mackenzie aired a tweet of Drew McIntyre praising his fellow Gallus countrymen. Kit Wilson invited Gallus to a civilized discussion next week. Prince high-fived Wilson and left Mackenzie hanging. So are we going to see Drew McIntyre in NXT pretty soon? I hope not. You hope not? I think it would be nice not. to see Drew. No? I don't know. He's got better stuff to do. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, go go wrestle Gunther six times. Exactly. Legit, I mean that. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, blah, 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 blah. What are we doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Booker being a creeper on Tiffany Stratton. Vic Joseph saying that Charmella would be upset. Uh, that really made that's me happy. Right. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Stratton versus Katana Chance with Caden Carter. Yes, again, just a match, WWF superstars, uh, a classic, you know, uh, two hang tens out of five. But there are some there are some things to like about Tiffany Stratton and Booker T has taken his focus from Mandy Rose. And this is Tiffany Stratton is his new uh, thirst trap on commentary or something. I don't quite know what it is. But yeah, Booker T loses his damn mind for this Tiffany Stratton every week. That's becoming quite entertaining, too. Um so, Boris, I don't think Tana Chance and Caden Carter are going heel yet, though, because your girl, Isla Dawn, and her witchy woman friend, Alba Fire, came out to kind of kind of screw with Katana and Caden. So it seems like they're staying babyface for now. Uh, For now. For now. But we have a year. We have a year. Good point. It's a good point. Brother. Hopefully they're not still here in a year, but we have a year. I that's a good point too yeah if they're still in nxt to pay this story off in a year that's probably a problem too but yeah no this was a this was a pretty average match exactly what you were expecting some cool high flying in the few minutes that they got and then tiffany stratton wins with her triple jump moon salt yep after uh mama shango and alba fire come to distract uh chance and carter match only went three minutes 40 seconds that was that after the match tiffany grabs a mic and she said she just doesn't want to be called the best but she wants to be called the nxt women's champ she said she doesn't care who wins next week because tiffany stratton will be the next nxt women's champion stratton versus roxanne interesting uh, proposition or stratton versus miko if roxanne loses and moves up i doubt roxanne's gonna lose same hopefully not. same Roxanne versus Tiffany works. Also, my cat is losing his mind again. What do you want? Yep. All right. Let us continue this. Josh Briggs confronts Brooks Jensen backstage. Brooks apologized for screwing up and being all distracted. Briggs said all he has is Henley and Jensen, and Jensen needs to fix whatever problems he has between him, Kiana, and Fallon. Jensen apologized again. Briggs said Fallon already apologized to James last week, and Jensen just needs to get his girl back. Jensen said he just doesn't know what to say. Briggs said he understands that there are no do-overs. Briggs offered to talk to Kiana for Brooks. Both men hug to close the segment. A real dark night of the soul here for young Jensen. I feel like the, the story is about to climax, for lack of a better term. Axiom versus Hank Walker. Uh, pretty quick match. This was all Axiom. Hank Walker really didn't have too much here because Axiom is the uh, the veteran. Uh, Walker reversed Axiom with a pounce. Walker hit Axiom with a 
few corner splashes. Walker turned Axiom inside out with a lariat. Axiom rolls up Walker uh, for only a one count, and then he hits Walker with a running knee and a switch kick, setting him up for the golden ratio and the win in three minutes, 43 seconds. While Axiom was on the ramp, Scripps be is being all creepy. He's at the ring entrance. Axiom walks up to Hank, pats him on the back, saying he's special and needs to keep up fighting like that. And Scripps disappears before Axiom notices. I I actually didn't even notice young Scripps flipping around in the background. Great call, Boris. Uh, okay, so this is the difference between a great professional wrestler and two wrestlers who are good, but just in there doing their job. This was a very good match because in three minutes and 30 seconds, Axiom had a beginning, middle and end, a story, and both guys came out looking much better than they uh, went in. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We said it before, man. I think it was last week, but every time I watch Axiom, I, I just think, man, this guy's the new Bret Hart because that's what Bret Hart used to do in all of his matches. If he had three minutes with Papa Shango, it was a good match with a story and you liked both guys more after the match. And that happens every single time Axiom has a wrestling match. So good stuff overall. We're going three mush burgers Boris, out of five, a mush burger is a slow rolling, uh, perhaps you would say fat wave. Not that I would call Hank Walker any of those things. Here's, I'm going to give it this match a three and a half. You know why? No. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. This why is that? Because the story of Hank Walker right now is that he's been plucked out of thin air from security into wrestler, learning under Drew Gulak. He isn't developmental. He is literally developing in front of our eyes, both in real life and in story. So the fact that they kind of have that parallel with Hank Walker is amazing. So him kind of being green, him not being the best, him learning on the spot makes so much sense. And I think Hank Walker is hitting it out of the park with that. Yeah, man, it's it's very clever. I I really like what they're doing with Hank Walker, and you've sang the praises of Axiom a number of times on this podcast, on this specific episode, and I just agree with every word of it. So yeah, good good stuff. I'll I will accept your three and a half mush burgers out of five for this one. The show cuts to Grayson Waller cutting a promo on Twitter where he continues to brag about himself and he trashes the heartbreak man, Shawn Michaels. Walker wondered if we're getting the heartbreak kid next week or the corporate stooge that we've seen for the past few years. <laughs> uh, I'm cheering for stooge. I'm hoping for the stooge. No, nobody wants to see the stooge. We want to see a super kick and perhaps even Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller at stand and deliver. Could you imagine? No, I can't, and I don't want it. <laughs> I honestly don't want Michaels anywhere near a match. You know what's funny is I know in I, my brain, obviously, that Dragon Lee versus Grayson Waller will be better, but I want to see Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller a thousand times more. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I get that. No, I'm the same way, but <laughs> I, I think with my brain, not yes. my heart. I think with my heart and uh, McGuck. No, that's that's dumb. Let's just move on. Jesus Christ. All right. Tyler Bate comes out <laughs> to a remixed version of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. I don't know why I put that in my notes. Um, not even a remix, though. An, a, an elevator music. A yeah. Muzak version. They neutered this song like a dozen times. And I like, love every uh, second of it. <laughs> 
I don't know why. You would. You would. This is like the MIDI file version of Sledgehammer. This is like, like the, the 8 the, and yes. Sledgehammer. Yes, yes. Sledgehammer on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> but this is better than the other versions that they've used for, for Tyler Bates, Zen Master. I actually think it's getting worse every time. That's oh, my no. personal take the, on this it. This is my favorite one by far. Really? Maybe because it's so bad. It, it, it might be so bad it's good territory but yeah it's just it seems like tyler bates theme song is getting worse every single week in my opinion unlike his wrestling abilities because he went up against carmelo hayes with trick williams dude i don't even i don't even know what match was better between this or the uh the opener i actually think the main event was better Melo versus bait i think it was better than the than the amazing opening match yep. wesley versus nathan frazier i think the main event was better one of the things I noticed while watching this was Carmelo Hayes was always in shape. He was always looked incredible. But have you noticed he's main roster shape right now? Yeah, dude is shredded. So is Trick Williams too. And oh, when Trick. they were up on the when they were making their entrance, and it's cool, Mello's getting like a Goldberg style, like Goldberg. He's getting a Mello, Mello. I hope that carries over to the main roster because that's gonna help make him into a star. But yeah, with with the Mello chant going on, with them standing on the apron and the top rope uh, for Trick, looking absolutely shredded, I was like, holy shit! Like this is money, not just like easy main roster, but like main roster money waiting to happen. Like these guys are superstars. He. Okay, I know this says gets said all the time, but this might be the closest to Diesel HBK that we've ever had before. Honestly, honestly, because they can both talk. They're both actually cool. You can debate about Shawn Michaels, but I think Shawn Michaels had something about him that was cool. Diesel, Kevin Nash, inarguably cool to this day, cool. Even with goofy WWF 1995 machine behind him, Diesel is still cool. Uh, maybe that's because I was eight. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I agree. These guys are both cool in real life for real, and that's hard to do in pro wrestling. Tons of back and forth. Tons of back and forth. Trick Williams distracts Bate. Bate knocks him off uh, with a bop and bang. Bate's land mellow to the mat. Uh, we uh, hit him with a standing shooting a star for a two count. A little bit later, Mello reversed a helicopter spin into a roll-up for a two count. Bate catches Mello with a pump kick. Bate recovered and put Mello into a helicopter spin. He then hits Mello with a Michinoku driver for another two count. Uh, Bate then hits the bop and bang. Uh, Mello just sold this like a absolute god for a near fall. Mello sent Bate into the corner with a drop toe hold. Bate and Mello traded right hands in the center of the ring as the crowd was really getting hyped up, and so was I. Both men go uh, trade right hands. They were giving each other stiff punches. Mello hits Bate with an underhook slam. Mello then hit Bate with a final cut suplex for a two count. Um, we keep seeing the match go on. Mello went to the top rope, but Bate ran up and hit him with a superplex. Trick Williams gets on the apron once more. He distracts Bate. Uh, Bate missed a uh, spiral tap. Mello then hit Bate with a code breaker, sets him up for his finisher. So uh, Mello goes to the top rope and hits nothing but net for the win in 11 minutes, 20 seconds after the match. Uh, we see some hype for Roadblock. Mello gets right in the camera, says that there ain't no Roadblock standing between him and Stand and Deliver because there's one man left. And he says, I am 
him. Fade to black. Just an unreal match. The sell of the code breaker, the, the second to last move in this match when Carmelo Hayes hit Tyler Bate with that code breaker. Well, one of the best code breakers I've ever seen. Tyler Bate made that look so cool. And then he just he was in perfect position for Melo to hit his awesome leg drop. The uh, nothing but net, as he's calling it. So, yeah, just as good, if not better than the opener. Uh, I do think this was the big kahuna on the show. We're going to go four and a quarter kahunas, Boris, for this one. Uh, just an excellent, excellent main event of a really good NXT. The best NXT of the year so far. Oh, this show was so well done. I really, really did enjoy this match. Uh, this entire show, I should say. Uh, really well done. Good stuff. I'm happy. You're happy. Couple more things we need to do. What do you want to do? Want to do some exclusives and then the stand and deliver card? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Actually, just because I have it open, let's quickly go through, because it's the end of February, the NXT crimes so far, Boris. <laughs> Quick reminder of what's gone on. So, and this is, we may have missed some, but this is just what I have written down. In January, Dijak kidnapping, assaulting, and possible torture of Stax Lorenzo. There was <laughs> also, uh, oh yeah, oh yes. And also, uh, Who Done It Chapter 1, Nikita Lyons, uh, pwned in parking lot, let's say. <laughs> Um, so yes, that was January, February crimes, Thea Hill kidnapped and covered in stickers by Ava Rain and the spooky schism. Uh, also with an asterisk here, I I'm counting it on a technicality, uh, and, and sorry for my language, but in all caps, fucking shoot curb stomp to Gigi Dolan's head by JC Jane. I stand by that one as a literal crime. Uh, oh. also just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Very good. Uh, also, just on this episode, Wendy Chu, Pwned in Parking Lot Chapter 2, Boris, Electric Booga Chu, who done it? <laughs> I don't know. And also Wolfgang, uh, horribly assaulted a man in a pool, ha pool hall, possibly beat him to death. And that's, that's, that's all we have. I may have missed some crimes this year in NXT. That's just February. Uh, yeah, well, the first two were January, okay. but yeah, yeah. The, the rest are just February. February was a busy, busy, busy month for uh, <laughs> illegal activity. Oh my God. Yeah. People are wiling out as they say, but yeah, if you have any digital exclusive, let's do that. And then I'll load up my three stars of the evening. All right. So let's do some digital exclusive. The first one is Wesley. Uh, we're going to hear what he had to say after beating Nathan Fraser. Wes, let's talk about what just happened. You issued an open challenge for the NXT North American title. Half of the locker room brawled just at the opportunity, and then Nathan Fraser stepped up in a big return, and then you successfully defended your North American championship. So what are you feeling right now? Mm. Yeah, Pain. I got some pain in my back. Nathan really brought it to me with that superplex, but tonight was just full of a lot of surprises. Like, I'm surprised that half the locker room was vying for my North American championship. I saw Idris and Malik fighting their way through the pile. They're from the tag team division. Then I saw Axiom fighting. Then I saw Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak stop him, only to be stopped by Hank Walker. And then Dabakato made his way through the entire pile right before he was stopped by good old Apollo! <sighs> But, again, extremely surprised that Nathan decided to return to try to go for my North American championship. He almost walked away with it because I was not expecting it. But 
as we see, the NXT North American Championship lives on the west side. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and catch my breath a little bit. And move. I have okay. one, just one more question. Just one more question. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So what is on your mind after having watched everyone go at each other just to get to you? Dope. I mean, the more the merrier. Because over on the west side, we're very, very generous, and I still have plenty of opportunities for anybody that really wants it. So if you think you can stop me, step up. I'll be chilling on the west side. See you, Kels. Thanks, Wes. All right, Wesley. What a charismatic kid. You know, I like Wesley's promos. I think those are very good. I'm surprised people dislike him because he cried once or twice in his career. But whatever. Such is life. Good job by Wesley. And yeah, I'm ready with these here three stars. Oh, there's another one, my friend. Oh, nice, nice. Who's this? This one is Roxanne Perez, and she has the honor of being interviewed by the hardest working reporter in all of professional (laughs) wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Let's hear what she has to say. Roxanne. Hi. So tonight on NXT, you are on commentary for Mako Satamora versus Zoe Stark. Of course, next week at Roadblock, it's you versus Mako for the NXT Women's Championship. How are you feeling leading into next week? I feel ready. And honestly, I don't think I've ever felt more ready in my life. Yeah? Yes. Mako is a living legend. She's a trailblazer for women's wrestling, but... I don't think she realizes that I'm not the same competitor she stepped in the ring with a few months ago. I've worked to become a prodigy, and I am the NXT Women's Champion. And next week, I'm going to show her their face to face. And that was that Miko walked in. Face-to-face confrontation. Uh, And the tension, the dramatic tension to close the promo. I I think we're getting murder grandma. Ooh, heal heal grandma Miko Satomura. That could be be fun. Yeah. All right. Three stars time. All right. uh, The third star of the episode, the returning Nathan Frazier, reminding us just who he is with an awesome performance. We're going to he's going to squeak out Wesley for the bronze medal on this show. Third star, Nathan Frazier. Second star, the silver medalist of this episode, Tyler Bate. Loser of the main event with an awesome performance. And uh, I'm digging I'm digging the Zen Master character. I'm not digging the elevator music Peter Gabriel sledgehammer theme song. Boris disagrees with that take. You have no taste in music. <laughs> I, uh, I prefer Ariana uh, Grace's theme song to uh, Tyler Bates. That is my response to, right. to your statement. The first star of this episode, Carmelo Hayes. Great match, which he won in the main event, and then cut a promo looking into the camera and challenging the NXT champion to face him soon. So uh, he was the star of this show. I don't think that's a debate. He looked awesome. And Trick Williams uh, looked awesome, too, as, as the manager. Always makes you laugh with his shenanigans outside the ring. Can't wait to see them on the main roster. I wonder when it happens. Maybe SummerSlamish because Melo's going to win the title at Stand and Deliver. If he wins a title, I don't see him leaving before Survivor Series. 
Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I he can win, he win the title, hold it for a couple months. He doesn't have much to do after. But does he even the need title. the title at this point? No, but it'd be good to have it. It'd be good to have it and, and keep getting Trick Williams that ring time and let him have main event matches as a baby face because he's done all his work as a heel so far. Fair enough. All right, let's talk some NXT Roadblock. It is next Tuesday, March the 7th in the year 2023. All right, let us go down the um, the card. So first off, we have the Grayson Waller effect with special guest Shawn Michaels. I suspect that this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it will be. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see where this is leading in the ring. Who is Grayson Waller going to end up facing? Is it Albert? Is it Shawn Michaels? Is it Dragon Lee? Is it Marty Jannetty? Boris. That would be hilarious. All right, we're also getting another face-to-face that's pretty deadly. Have a gentleman's conversation with the with Gallus. Well, we just saw a Wolfgang beat the pants off a man for bumping into him in a bar, so this might not go well for the young pretty deadly boys. Gigi Dolan versus J.C. Jane. I would not have said this before last week, or I might have been mildly excited because of the boot, but after the promo... I can't wait for this match. I can't wait to see what they do. I hope Gigi has a breakout performance. And JC needs one, too. And if you honestly, so I sent you the link to part one. There's two parts uh, to that documentary. Watch it. This is why I really, really respect Priscilla Kelly. You should post that on the Twitter and on the Facebook for this podcast when you post those on the social media, Boris. That's that's a really good. I got to watch that doc. I have yet to do it. All right, Andre Chase versus Joe Gacy. Huh. All right, well, I hope uh, they keep the spookiness and shenanigans to a minimum. Indisher and Jinder Mahal versus the Creed Brothers and Braun Breaker. That'll be a lot of fun. I love the idea of the Creed Brothers and Braun Breaker as a trio, and we've already talked about how Braun Breaker and Cody Rhodes are such a natural team. What if when Cody wins the title, he gets a little nightmare factory going with Braun and the Creeds? Huh? (laughs) I never even thought that's actually pretty cool. I like that idea. I like that Ah. idea. Ah. Interesting. (laughs) Jailhouse, Street Fight, Tony D'Angelo versus Dijak. Sure. Uh, lock your opponent in a box match. Let's do it. I mean, like I said, I love these matches. For some reason, I'm a sucker for them. I even liked the hog pen match. Triple H versus Henry Godwin. How old are you? Like six? I was like six. No, I, I, I was, yes, six years old. No, eight. I was eight years old during that match. I, I love that match, though. I, I said this on the podcast before, but I used to I used to recreate that match with my wrestling buddy, the Macho Man wrestling buddy, and throw him into my bathtub which was the pig pen. Sometimes I would lose and he would throw me into the bathtub. <laughs> and then you would start your shower. <laughs> yes. Well, I was eight. I, I still took tubs then. NXT Women's Championship match, Roxanne Perez versus Miko Satamora. I'm most excited for this one. I cannot wait to see what they do. It should be the main event of this program. I'm sure it will be. I hope it will be. I hope they don't put the Waller effect they will, those have never gone on and ended a show well, and I just want to see the murder grandma be born. Like, that's literally <laughs> all I want from this match. 
Fully co-signed, fully co-designed. For NXT Stand to Deliver, we don't have anything official, but it is safe to say we're going to get a North American title ladder match featuring Wesley and a bunch of people. I think they clearly set that up on this show, and they've been doing it every year for a while. And Braun versus Mello, that's for sure going to happen. Roxanne versus Tiffany seems to have been set up on this show as well, or maybe Murder Grandma versus Tiffany Stratton, perhaps. I think it's going to be... Murder Grandma versus Roxanne Perez. I think something's going to happen weird to end this match. And Miko's going to snap. We're going to get uh, uh, Satamora Goon started. And uh, going to kick Roxanne Perez for the, the next few weeks, leading us to stand and deliver. Satamura Goon just brought so much joy to my heart. I want to see Murder Grandma so badly. I hope it happens. But no, I, I think it's. I think Roxanne versus Tiffany stand and deliver makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. what I personally think the direction is. Also, yeah. another prediction: Indus Sure versus Gallus. That'll happen on that show too. Probably, probably more than likely, or maybe a triple threat. I can see stand True. and deliver being full of multi-people matches, similar yeah. to how Vengeance Day was, uh, just because that. That that's gonna bring asses to seats at eleven in a ten in the morning. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yes, I I think you might be correct there, homie. Thank you for listening, to NXT Talk. It's always a pleasure. Keep it locked in here on Sunday night's main event. Just remember, if you're listening to this on the free feed, go to patreon.com slash radio become part of the family for just five dollars a month and get this show along with every other show that we produce which is a slew of them and all of them are worth your time if you like pop culture wrestling comedy interviews etc 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 so much for you here on snme radio um thank you for listening he's matt i'm boris until next time stay Tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.